Our reading this evening is Ruth chapters 1 and 2. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man of Bethlehem and Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malan and Chilion. There, there were Ephrathites from Bethlehem and Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. They lived there about ten years, and both Malan and Chilion died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return, each of you, to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb, that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night and should bear sons, would you therefore wait till they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, it is exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her, and she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more. So the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. And when they came to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women said, Is this Naomi? And she said to them, Do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? when the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me. So Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of barley harvest. Now Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him in whose sight I shall find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. 
So she went out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, and he said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered, The Lord bless you. And then Boaz said to his young man who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, She's the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the land of Moab. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came, and she has continued from early morning until now, except for a short rest. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter, do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of, her, of your husband has been fully told to me, and how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you have done, and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. And then she said, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. And at mealtime Boaz said to her, Come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. So she sat beside the reapers, and he passed to her roasted grain. And she ate until she was satisfied, and she had some left over. When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and do not reproach her. And also pull out some from the bundles for her, and leave it for her to glean, and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening. And then she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. And she took it up and went into the city. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, Where did you glean today? And where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, The man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, The man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. And Ruth the Moabite said, Besides, he said to me, You shall keep close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women, lest in another field you be assaulted. So she kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvests, and she lived with her mother-in-law. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The book of Ruth is about poor people, and being poor can lead to desperate actions. And the book of Ruth begins with some desperate actions. 
A poor family had to leave their homeland when they could no longer make ends meet because a famine had struck the land and so Naomi and her husband Elimelech with their two sons had to leave the land that they had near Bethlehem and they had to go to Moab which must have had some better conditions. The people of the land of Moab worshipped other gods besides the one true Lord God and while Naomi and Elimelech were living in the land of Moab their two sons married Moabite women. But one bad thing seemed to happen after another for this family. Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died and then both of Naomi's sons died so that the family that was left was made up only of widows, three widows, three in-laws. Naomi was the mother-in-law and she had two daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth. Being a widow is bad enough regardless of whether we're talking about modern times or ancient times. Being a widow carries with it sorrow and loneliness, but in ancient times being a widow also brought about impoverishment and vulnerability. Men were important for providing sustenance for their family. There was no social security in those times. Men were also important for protecting the family. Widows could be overpowered and taken advantage of. So with Naomi and Orpah and Ruth all being widows, we are talking about very weak, poor, and vulnerable people. Normally, histories do not get written about poor, weak, and vulnerable people. Wretched people live in wretchedness and die in wretchedness and are soon forgotten. But the attentive reader is going to notice that Naomi and her daughters-in-law are not completely wretched. They have a couple of outstanding attributes that in fact no money is able to buy. Naomi, first of all, was obviously lovable. Naomi was loved by her daughters-in-law. The way that a person becomes lovable is by being loving. People who love do not look out for themselves first and foremost. They look for how they can love and serve and sacrifice for others. And Naomi must have lived this way, as can be seen in what we heard tonight. When Naomi's sons died, she really lost everything, her husband already being dead. She had no means for any kind of substantial income. The only hope that she had left, in fact, was in her daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth. But Naomi thinks about their welfare instead of her own. She tells them that they should leave her in order to find new good husbands. Naomi was too old to marry and to have children, but Orpah and Ruth, they were still young. They could still get married to a man who could support them and whatever children God might give to them. 
and a clear sign that Naomi was lovable is shown by both her daughters-in-law's reactions. Orpah and Ruth weep at the thought of leaving their mother-in-law. They love their mother-in-law. However, Naomi was right. If they were to have any hope for a better future, they needed to marry again. And with the famine and everything else that seemed to be going on, it sounds like they were living in desperate times. One daughter-in-law, Orpah, takes her mother-in-law's advice. She leaves to find a husband, and we do not hear about her again. Ruth, however, refuses to leave. She says to her mother-in-law, Where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. Here we see someone else besides Naomi who loves in an extraordinary way. Ruth also is very lovable because she loves, she serves, she sacrifices. She doesn't look out just for herself. She looks out for the good of her mother-in-law. And how is it that both Naomi and Ruth are able to be so loving, so selfless, so sacrificial? Both of them have faith in God. God would bless them and keep them. Because God would bless them and keep them, they didn't need to be their own lords and masters and gods. They didn't need to see to things themselves, engineer their own happiness, taking whatever they could get because God would see them through. They believed that even though God had dealt with them in a rather bitter way up to that point. They were impoverished after all and God had taken their husbands from them. Nevertheless, they could afford to love because God would bless them and see them through. Now if we take a step back and look at these two women, we can see how rich they are, even though they are so very poor in almost every other respect. You can see how noble they are, even though they would have outwardly been clothed with the rags of poverty. They, in fact, were living life with a capital L, even though they had nowhere to lay their head and nowhere to call home. They were like the birds of the air. They were getting fed their daily bread day by day without barns full of provisions. We see several of Jesus' sayings fulfilled in Naomi's and Ruth's lives. Jesus said, Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Naomi were, and Ruth were loving and being loved. What more can we ask for out of life than loving and being loved? But this love does not just come out of nowhere. Love comes from God, who, as St. John says, is love. God is love. 
And so Naomi and Ruth were fulfilling another of Jesus' sayings when he says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. It is by faith in God's kingdom and God's reigning and ruling that we receive the Holy Spirit's gift of love. Again, Jesus says in another place, I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. The way to have life and to have life more abundantly is to love and to be loved. To love one another means that you are looking out for the other. You love, you serve, you sacrifice. This is the abundant life that reflects the nature of God. The alternative is to be like the thief who comes only to steal and to kill and to, to, to destroy. This is the character of every ungodly life. It's where a person looks out for only himself or herself. Others get used for the benefit instead of being served. Instead of trusting in God to bless you, you see things to, your, to things yourself, unable to be generous because who knows what the wheel of fortune might deal you next. Looking at Naomi and Ruth from a distance, we see that everything that subsequently happens with them is simply a working out of their faith in God and their fervent love for one another. These are their riches. Outwardly, they are extremely poor. Ruth is practically a beggar and a slave, picking up whatever's left in the field. I'm sure that both Naomi and Ruth would have liked it very much if their outward circumstances were different. Nevertheless, they are content. They continue to believe. They continue to love. Faith and love can seem like small matters. History books are not written about faith and love. Nevertheless, faith and love are the truly great things. Faith and love are what prepare us for the eternal things. Heaven is the place where God is, and God is love. Those who do not want to love, therefore, do not belong there. Hell, on the other hand, is where everyone is an expert at not loving, that is, manipulating and torturing. They steal, kill, and destroy eternally. They're unable to do anything else. Faith and love are by no means small things. They are truly the great things. But we don't need to wait until we get to heaven to see the effects of faith and love. We can see the effects already in this life. What a difference Naomi made for Ruth already in this life. Ruth loved her so much. And what a difference Ruth made for Naomi. Ruth practically kept Naomi alive. And as we'll hear about more in the next two chapters next week, Ruth was the great-grandmother of King David, that truly great man of God. 
the heritage of faith and love can be passed down from generation to generation. Something of David's wonderful, courageous faith and his burning, passionate love came from his great-grandmother, Ruth. We can easily apply these thoughts also to our own life. We all can probably point to someone in our life or in our lineage who believed and loved and thereby brought that faith and love also to us. And we also are presented with a challenge and an opportunity for our own lives as well. The challenge is to separate ourselves from the great horde of humanity who seeks only to steal, to kill and destroy, looking out only for themselves. Alternatively, we can believe that God exists and that God blesses. We can trust in Him and then we can afford to love no matter what our circumstances. When we believe and love, there is no telling what might happen. There is no telling what can happen in the coming generations. Think of Naomi and Ruth. Do you suppose that as they were going from place to place, barely surviving, that they would be the ancestors of a great king? I don't think so. And yet it happened. So also, we do not know how our actions will affect our families and our friends and even those who are yet to be born, either for good or for ill. What we can be sure of, no matter what, is that if we fear, love, and trust in God, and if we love one another, goodness is bound to come. Ruth and Naomi are examples for us for how we should live and how we should await God's blessings. The peace of God that transcends all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.